Well, good morning, Crossroads. I am so glad that you have joined us for worship here today. I got to be honest with you, I'm excited we are kicking off a new series called Succession, and this is all about focusing our lives on what truly matters. We are focusing on building a legacy of faith that we can pass on to the next generation. And I think that never, more than ever before, this is really, really important. Because as I look around, I see all the chaos that we're experiencing in life in general. I see people without hope. I see people who are hurting. I see people who are experiencing destructive habits that are really hurting themselves and destroying their lives. And I think the devil has been working overtime. And right now more than ever, it's a really great moment to just pause And to reflect on my own life, what am I focusing on? What is my legacy going to be? Because at the end of the day, we've got to focus on what really matters. We've got to focus on that eternal perspective and make sure that at the end of the day, when I take my last breath, when I stand before God, that what I did with my life, the time that God gave me, truly mattered. That at the end of my life, I have built on a great foundation, a legacy of faith that I will be able to pass on to the next generation, to my children, to the people who knew me best, those are the things that end up being the most important. And here at Crossroads, you guys, this is what we're all about, right? We're about connecting people with Jesus, making sure that that legacy lives on, celebrating that changed life that encounters Jesus and is forever changed. There is nothing better than celebrating those things. And finally, we're all about contributing to the community, using the gifts and abilities that God has given us, our time, our talent, our treasure, and investing those things in, in, in things that have eternal value eternal significance. And I'm excited because here at Crossroads, we've got some great days ahead of us. I want you to know that despite everything that's been happening with coronavirus and everything being turned out upside down in our world, uh, you guys, we've got some exciting things happening. We're connecting people with Jesus. Next week here at our Goshen campus, we have our cruise in. It's going to be an amazing day. And August 23rd is the day we are opening our worship center here at the Goshen campus at 830 10 and 11.30, and the thing is, it's a difficult decision to arrive at. You can see with everything else going on in our culture, all the schools having to agonize through this same process, our goal is to open the doors and begin gathering for worship because, man, it is important to gather. I think we've learned a couple of things throughout coronavirus especially, and that's this. Number one, really importantly, we've realized we can still connect with God through online setting or drive-in church, however you've been enjoying Crossroads. We can still connect with God. We can still say yes to Jesus. We can still celebrate changed lives. But I tell you what, we've also learned something really important. And this this hits home for me personally. I miss the gathering of followers of Jesus, believers together, gathering together and worshiping Jesus and drawing close to him as a church family. And so I'm excited about our opportunity to open our doors here at our Goshen campus on August 23rd. And I just hope that you'll remain flexible because if anything changes, if the schools begin to close back down or the CDC changes their guidelines or the governor makes a new mandate, we're going to have to stay flexible and accommodate what's going on in our culture and be socially responsible and be the best neighbors that we can possibly be. But as of now, our plan is to open on August 23rd, and we are excited about that here at the Goshen campus. Now, one final thing before we dive in today, clear your calendars. Save the date because this is a big deal. September 11th through 13th, we are having our best weekend ever, all right? I got a dear friend who's going to be joining us. His name is John Hauser. And while we weren't able to have our best week ever this summer in July like we normally do, we are having our best weekend ever, September 11th through 13th. And I'm challenging right now, clear your schedule. Make this a priority on your calendar because this is going to be a weekend you do not want to miss. There is more information coming soon, all right? So get excited. 
things are starting to heat up here at Crossroads as we enter into the fall season, all right? So here's the deal. We're kicking off this series today called Succession, and it's all about leaving a legacy of faith. And we're going to really dive into this concept by taking a look at the lives of Elijah and Elisha. As we look through 1 Kings and 2 Kings and look at their stories, we're going to realize some really important principles. And, And to start off everything on the right foot, I want you to consider that when we're talking about building a legacy of faith, a foundation that you can build on, where you can pass your faith on to the next generation, it starts with a couple of really important things. And what we see in the life of Elijah and Elisha are are simply the realization that if I'm going to build this foundation, it's got to be built on dedication, dedication to God, dedication to who he is and who he has called me to be. It's built on desperation, realizing I desperately need Jesus And it continues on with this concept and the reality that, man, it takes discipline to get where it is that God has called me to be. If I'm willing to put these three principles into place in my life, I am going to be successful in building a legacy that is able to be passed on for generations to come. I'll be successful where at the end of my life, I'll be able to realize that I invested my time, my talent, and treasure in things that had eternal value, the things that really mattered. And it's my goal as your pastor, as your friend, that we are all in this journey together, that we can look back at our lives and realize we've built a legacy, a foundation that mattered for eternity. That's my goal, and I hope that's your goal today too. It begins by saying yes to Jesus, and it continues by saying yes to Jesus every single day. That's what dedication is. That's what commitment, that's what loyalty, that's what allegiance to Jesus looks like. And we see that pictured in an amazing way in the life of Elijah in 1 Kings. But before we dive in, I want to read this verse to you from Isaiah 41.10. It says this, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. This is an unbelievable picture of God's commitment to us. I hope that you'll realize today that God is fully dedicated to you. Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice, showed us the ultimate act of love and service so that we could have a relationship with him. I mean, he laid his life down so we could experience life. He is dedicated to you, all right? He is with you. And these words of Isaiah are awesome. Don't be afraid. He's with you. Don't be discouraged. He is your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. What an amazing word picture of how God is faithful, how God is with you. He's not going to leave you. You are resting in the comfort of his arms. Anything that you experience in life that you feel like it's overwhelming you or you feel afraid or you feel alone, God is there. And not only is he there, he's saying, I'm going to raise you up with my victorious right hand. That's a great word picture. I got to be honest with you, when I think about that word picture, I think back to one of my earliest memories of life. I was going down a water slide up in Wisconsin at the Wisconsin Dells at Noah's Ark Water Park that existed 35 years ago. I was about seven years old. I came down the water slide and I got all turned around. I fell into this pool of water, completely disoriented. I thought I was going to drown. And in one single moment of desperation, trying to find the top of the, of the water, this powerful arm reached down, grabbed me, pulled me up and just pulled me right out of the water. It was my dad, my dad, my hero, my rock, just a source of strength. He lifted me up with his victorious right hand and saved my life. That's the the moment in my life that I think about when I read this verse. And that's the picture of who God is. You don't have to be afraid. He's with you. 
You don't have to be discouraged. He is your God. He is going to raise you up no matter where you are, no matter how down you are. He lifts you up with his victorious right hand. You rest in the comfort and the strength and the power and the holiness of God. There is no one like him, and he loves you with an extravagant love. He is fully committed to you. He is dedicated to you. And so the challenge is, are you dedicated to God? Are you dedicated to becoming more and more like him each and every day? Because this matters. I have to be fully committed to becoming like Jesus. Let's take a look at the life of Elijah. I love what it says in 1 Kings 18. This is a story that is amazing on a multitude of levels. Let's dive in and learn about Elijah. Here's what it says. It says, later on, in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. This is interesting. It says, as Obadiah was walking along, and Obadiah is a guy who worked for King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. These were terrible, terrible people. They were out to get Elijah. They were out to kill all the prophets of God. But Obadiah was one of these guys. He was like a spy. He was a secret helper of God's people. He had actually hidden a hundred of God's prophets in caves to keep them alive, to keep them safe until God would send Elijah to help turn things around and bring revival and turn the people back to him. So it says, as Obadiah was walking along, he suddenly saw Elijah coming toward him. Obadiah recognized him at once and bowed low to the ground before him. Is it really you, my Lord Elijah, he asked? Yes, it is, Elijah replied. Now go and tell your master, Elijah is here. Now this is significant, okay? Because through the word of Elijah, Elijah has told King Ahab, hey, it is not going to rain for at least three years. In fact, it's not going to rain at all in your kingdom until I say so. And then Elijah has just disappeared. God has been taking care of Elijah for a long time, for about three years. And now Elijah has popped back on the scene and he's ready to meet with Ahab and Jezebel. And make no mistake, people are hurting. It's been three years of drought and famine. People are in in a little bit of chaos. It's a chaotic situation. They're not sure what to do. And here comes Elijah, the person who God has been speaking through, the person who can change everything around. Now, Ahab and Jezebel hate this, but all the people are looking forward with great anticipation to what God could do through the prophet Elijah. Here's what we have to learn out of the gate when it comes to being dedicated to God. Elijah was available. Now, let's just stop and, and let, us, let ourselves soak on this concept. Elijah was available. Listen, you can have the best intentions. You can think about all the different ways that you could serve God. Think about the ways that you could honor him with your time and your talent and your treasure. But I got to encourage you today, and I want to challenge you. If you're sitting on the sidelines, if you're not making yourself available, God's not going to be able to use you. Elijah took that first step. I want to challenge you today. God wants you to step up. He has created each and every one of us. That means he has created you with specific talents and abilities. He's created a purpose for you that he prepared in advance for you to do. We see that all throughout scripture. God has a plan and a purpose specifically for you. You have to make yourself available or you're not going to be able to live into this ultimate purpose and plan that God has for your life. You might enjoy life. You might be on the fringe of who God is and who he's calling you to be. You might get a glimpse of what that life looks like. But if you're sitting on the sidelines, you're not going to be living life to the fullest. 
You're not going to be fully engaging with who God is and who he's calling you to be and, and what he wants you to experience as life living to the fullest, the joy, the peace, the hope that comes from being fully dedicated to him. You're not going to reap all the benefits. Uh, I had the, the privilege of getting away for a vacation here over the last week, and we took our, our boys over to Colorado. We were in Denver, Colorado, exploring the Rocky Mountains. You guys, we went and toured the Garden of the Gods. We went whitewater rafting down Browns Canyon. We went up to Estes Park, all outdoor events that are socially safe during this day and age. And we had the time of our lives. And right now, I just want you to know, if you go out to Denver, Colorado, you can stay in like a four-star hotel for like 80 bucks a night in downtown Denver. It's amazing. Except that we reserved our hotel specifically because of the amazing pool that it had. It had an amazing fitness center where, you know, you always say, I'll work out on vacation. It never happens. Uh, and it just had all of the amenities. Well, when we arrived at the hotel, everything was as advertised. It was great, perfect, ready to go, except the pool is closed because of COVID-19. The fitness center also closed. Also, not doing room service, we were there for four nights and just had all the towels piling up and the beds never made. That's what makes a hotel great. Nothing was available. I mean, I guess they had beds. There was an air conditioner, okay? So there was success. But man, what a different experience when those things that you're counting on are not available. I want to encourage you today and listen, challenge you at the deepest level. God has gifted you with your time, with your talents, with your treasure, don't allow yourself to stay on the sidelines and miss out on what God is doing, what he has planned for you. Get in the game. Make yourself available. Elijah was entering into a situation that was pretty terrifying. King Ahab, Queen Jezebel, they were terrible people. They were killing the prophets of God left and right. There weren't many left. Elijah made himself available. He put himself out there. And God was able to use him in a great and mighty way. The story continues. It says, so Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come. And Ahab went out to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, so is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? Elijah responds, I have made no trouble for Israel. You and your family are the troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. So now he issues a challenge. Now, summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who are supported by Jezebel. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. This is a big moment. It says, then Elijah stood in front of them and said, how much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. This is a historic moment. This is a major moment in the life of Elijah. The greatest, the most famous, the most popular of the prophets of the Old Testament. This is his moment. This moment's made possible because he was available. He put himself out there. But this, this moment is also possible because Elijah took action. And when we're talking about being dedicated to God, dedicated to becoming more like him each and every day, it starts with making myself available. But secondly, I have to be willing to take action. I can't just be content sitting on the sidelines. I can't allow my fear to paralyze me. I have to go. I have to get out of the boat, right? I've got to put myself out there and make sure that I'm being obedient following what it is that God wants me to do and who he, becoming who he wants me to be. Elijah took action. 
And here's the thing. I would challenge you that God not only wants you to step up, he wants you to speak up. And that means you've got to stand up even when no one else is standing up. That means you speak up when no one else is speaking up. That means you're willing to take action. You're willing to do the difficult things and not allow yourself to be paralyzed by fear. And here's the reality. This is truth, and I'll be vulnerable. I'll be honest with you. It can be really scary. It can be terrifying to step out in faith and actually take action because that's what faith is. Faith is trust combined with action. You can trust that something is real, but if you're not willing to actually take that step and take action, it's not really faith. You haven't really arrived there yet. Faith is trust combined with action. And that action step is where it is at. And I would just challenge you today with this idea that if you are, are sitting on the sidelines, you've been paralyzed by your fear, Jesus is challenging you just to take a next step in your faith. And I think you know what that step is. Jesus is constantly challenging us. He's always stirring us with the Holy Spirit. He's challenging us to get rid of things in our life that are a barrier between him and us and our relationship with God. If there's sin in your life, he's constantly uh, telling you in, through your conscience, that voice of the Holy Spirit, to, to make that right, to get rid of it, to turn away, to repent. He's also challenging us to take next steps in our faith, to step out of our comfort zones, to utilize our time, our talent, and treasure to building that legacy that is going to last for an eternity. But to do those things, it, it requires us to take action. It doesn't count if we're just sitting on the sidelines taking the easy way out. Sometimes we have to step out. We've got to do the difficult things. I encourage you to think about what it is that God's been calling you to do. What's the next step in your faith that he's been asking you to take? A lot of times we, we talk about that next step being baptized, right? If you haven't been baptized, if you said, I'm a follower of Jesus, I've put my trust in Jesus, the next step in your faith is to be baptized, to proclaim to everyone, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm going to live for him. But some of the more uh, inside thoughts that we have, the things that we work on that nobody else knows about, are those moments with God where he's challenging us to get rid of some things in our life that we know aren't right, that shouldn't be there, to take those steps, to use those gifts and abilities that he's given us to build a foundation that has eternal value, that will build a foundation that will give me that ability to have that uh, legendary faith that I'm able to pass on to the next generation of the people around me so that I can be a light that shines in the darkness so that my life can draw others to Jesus. I challenge you today. What is that action step that Jesus is calling you to? Don't let your fear paralyze you. Step out in faith and live into that life. Become that person that Jesus is calling you to be because he will show up. He will lift you up with that victorious right hand. He is there. He is faithful. He is with you. Don't ever forget that. This story goes on, and it's amazing. It says in verse 22, then Elijah said to them, there's a moment of silence, right? Everybody has been silent. He said, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. So here's the plan. He says, now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut into pieces and lay it on the wood of the altar, but without setting fire to it. He said, I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood on the altar, but not set fire to it either. He said, then call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people agreed. This is a big deal because the prophet Baal was known for being the God of thunder. Thunder was what he rode in on. Lightning was his weapon. So for Elijah to say the God who calls down fire from heaven is the true God, all the prophets of Baal are saying, that's our strong suit. We've got this one in the bag. This is going to be an easy victory for us, right? But what I love about this challenge is that there has to be one definitive victor. One of these gods has to show up. If neither one shows up, this is a debacle for everyone. 
One of these gods is going to do something or everyone goes home a loser. This is a big challenge right here. Everyone's in. All the people of Israel have gathered around. All the prophets of Baal. Elijah by himself. I think this is significant too because God wants me to be available. He wants me to take action. But this is significant, you guys. Elijah stood alone. Didn't matter what everybody else was doing. Consider the reality that all of Israel was witness. King Ahab, Queen Jezebel, all of their prophets were lining up against Elijah. But he stood there alone. He stood there by himself because he knew that that was what God was calling him to do. He knew that was who God was calling him to be, and he was trusting in that moment that God would show up. He put himself out there. And I want to encourage you today, God does not leave you. He does not forsake you. When you step out in faith, when you're doing what he has asked you to do, that is where you're going to live life to the fullest. That's where you you will experience the fullness of joy and peace that God longs for you to have. And I encourage you in this moment to realize God wants me to stand up. Even if everyone in my family thinks I'm crazy, I'm going to live for Jesus. Even if there's some hard choices that I have to make in my life that I have to change, if I have to stand by myself for a while, I'm going to do that because I know it's what's right. I know it's what God is calling me to do. I know that this is how I build a legacy of faith. This is how I live into who God is calling me to be and live a life that is going to change lives for eternity, that's going to matter, that's going to live into that eternal purpose where I'm going to be able to stand before Jesus and he's going to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. That is what life is all about. And that's how you build the foundation for that kind of faith. You have to be willing to stand alone. I want to tell you this today, God honors that. I've seen it time and time and time again through my life, through my ministry, through people that I've encountered. God honors it when you make yourself available, when you're willing to take action, when you're willing to stand alone, when you say, Jesus, I am fully committed, I am dedicated to you. That's where life is lived to the fullest. That's where you see God show up and do extraordinary things. And Elijah witnessed this. Elijah experienced this. This is one of the most legendary stories in Scripture because Elijah was willing to put himself out there and be dedicated to God. It says in verse 25, Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, after they had totally failed, You go first, for there are many of you. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it and call on the name of your God, but do not set fire to the word, to the wood. I mean, he's, it's ultimate challenge. It's go time. It says, Then they danced, hobbling around the altar they had made. About noontime, Elijah began mocking them. You'll have to shout louder, he scoffed, for surely he is a God. No response so far. They are totally failing, okay? It says, perhaps he is daydreaming, or maybe he is away on a trip or relieving himself. Maybe he's asleep and needs to be wakened. Elijah is just going at it. He is doing everything he can to dig at them, to mock them. And honestly, I got to be real with you, that's one of my favorite things about Elijah. He's just willing to go at it and be that guy. He's a little bit sarcastic. He's got that dry humor, and you see his personality coming out in this moment. He's saying, maybe your God's off going to the bathroom. Who knows what's happening? That's why he's not hearing your cries. But here's what happens. So they shouted louder. And following their normal custom, they began cutting themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice, but still there was no sound. No reply, no response. It says at the time of, of, uh, for usual offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed. This is after that moment of silence. This is after Elijah says, hey, before I pray to my God, I'm going to rebuild his altar. 
I'm going to ask you guys to cover it with water so there's no issues here. There's no tricks. You guys do whatever you can to sabotage this. But then I'm going to pray to my God. It's a sacred moment. This is the moment where he asked God to show up. And when he prayed, he said, Oh, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command, O oh Lord. Answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O oh Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, He is God. Yes, the Lord, He is God. An amazing moment of revival, of renewal, of refocus on who God is. A moment that is legendary, a moment that is only made possible because Elijah was available. Elijah took action. Elijah, he was willing to stand alone. He was fully dedicated to serving God with everything that he had, to becoming that person that God was calling him to be. I want to encourage you today with this final thought again. When it seems like I am alone, if you, if you feel like you are alone, I want to encourage you today, God is there. Remember Isaiah 41.10 says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That is who God is. He is fully committed. He is fully devoted. He is dedicated to you. And I ask you today, are you fully dedicated to him? Are you fully dedicated to becoming more like Jesus and living into that purpose and that plan that he has for you? I challenge you today. It begins, that, that moment of dedication, by saying yes to Jesus. Do you believe in your heart? you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where your journey with Jesus begins. But true dedication continues by saying yes to Jesus every single day. Who is God calling you to be? Are you fully dedicated to him? Jesus, we thank you today for your undying love, for your extravagant love, for this love that is, is unmatched. It's like no other. It's a love that you have for us. We thank you and we praise you today because you are fully committed, fully devoted to us. You will never leave us. We walk in your strength. You are walking right beside us. And Jesus, I would ask you today to help us to take next steps in our faith, to make it our life goal to become more like you each and every day, proving, God, by our actions that we are fully dedicated to you. Jesus, we recognize today that this is how we build a legacy of faith that lasts a lifetime, that is eternal, that is passed on to the next generation. And God, that's who we want to be. We want to be followers of Jesus, followers of you that are fully dedicated to living life to the fullest and becoming more like you. So God, help us. Give us your strength. Fill us with your wisdom and with your love. We pray this in your mighty name today.